On the record on News Talk. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. If you were listening to the Anton Savage show yesterday, you will have heard Anton speaking to uh, Arthur Godsell of Godsell Education. Arthur is a former principal of St Andrews College in Dublin, a fee-paying school. And he was reacting to a piece in yesterday's Irish Times, which again was based on proposals from Sinn Féin, to withdraw all state funding for private education. That is something which might also be an inadvertent consequence of a bill published this week by the Labour Party. Their education spokesman, Aona Reardon, published a bill which would propose over a long period to phase out all state funding for any school which does not agree to become co-educational, which in many cases would mean those which are effectively private schools, given that they do make up a disproportionate number of those single-sex schools. Uh, I spoke to Aon before we came on air today and I started by putting the point to him that it is often observed that many girls do better in single-sex schools than in co-ed. That doesn't stand up to any scrutiny because a lot of that data comes from England and the majority of single-sex schools in England and Wales are middle-class schools or fee-paying schools. So what we're actually dealing there is, is, is class more than gender. You're dealing with sort of uh, parents who have resources, parents who have you know high levels of education in their own background. Um, so that is actually is what warps th- that type of statistical analysis. So that is less to do with, with gender and more to do with, uh, with resources mm. or, or educational background. And that would be the case here in Ireland as well. If you look at the fee-paying schools in Ireland, the vast majority of those will be single okay. gender. So it does actually you know, um, change those statistics or change the outlook that we would have on, on that analysis. But, okay. but to be honest, Gavin, even if it, even if it was proven, mm. which it can't be, but even if it was proven, that you know, different genders would be performed differently in different schools. I don't think we should stand over it either. I mean, if, we, if somebody was to suggest that, you know, traveller children would perform better in traveller only schools, or or you know, black Irish children would perform better in black Irish only schools, people wouldn't stand over that either. So I think while we can always use statistics to to, to back up any argument, uh, I think when it comes to actually being serious and radical about equality. Then this is the type of measure, uncomfortable as it may be for some people, that we have mm. to we have to address and have to challenge ourselves with, and that's why we're giving it. You know, in terms of the Labour Party, we're not saying that this should okay. happen next September. We're saying it should happen between yeah. the next ten, fifteen uh, years. I'll put some of um, Arthur Godsell's points from yesterday's Anton Savage show to you in a minute. But just first of all, you might outline Labour's position on the state funding of private schools. Would you rather it be gotten rid of entirely again over time? Yeah, we would. Now, when we were in government, what we did was we disproportionately increase their pupil teacher ratio so they have less of an entitlement to um state funded teachers if you like than other schools would have so the, the pupil teacher ratio in, in fee paying schools is is larger than it is in mainstream schools but the point is that there can be an assumption that the hundred or so million or the 111 million that pays for teachers in fee paying schools if that, would be, if that was withdrawn overnight we'd have 111 million to play around with we wouldn't because in terms of fee paying schools we don't pay capitation and we don't uh, pay towards their buildings so if those schools were to come into the system what would happen then is that all, the free free system mm. we would then have to pay for their capitation and then we would be responsible for for, for their building so and, and uh, you'd have to lower do, their people teacher ratio as well well yes exactly so um it's not it wouldn't be as simple as to suggest that all of a sudden this 111 million would would therefore become available to us because uh, that would be the process, and so it's not a, uh, so it's not a cost saving thing. It's more of an egalitarian thing that you want to spend the same money equalizing it across yeah, the that, system. That that would be our view. Now, it, it it doesn't sit easily with anybody in the Labour Party, and I think for a lot of people in Irish society, we're talking about a small number of schools in the overall context of things that we are still, um, if you like, supporting 
the payment of teachers in exclusive schools with exclusive uh, admission policies uh, and the resources that these schools have, the fundraising capacity that they have. If you ever visit one, and uh, I don't visit them that often, but whenever I do, I'm, I'm really taken aback as to what they have at their disposal. And they have exclusive admission policies. You can get in if you have the money. I know some small number of schools have, have more um, inclusive admission policies for a certain cohort of students that can come in the door. Um, but they do actually have um, a, a disproportionate impact on mm. Irish education policy. There's another bill that I'm bringing through the Iraq moment, Gavin, which is trying to get rid of this um, provision for 25% of your of your student population to be mm. uh, set aside for the children and grandchildren of past pupils. Yeah, children uh, and which yeah, which, which is a, brought in a, by because of lobbying from the people. Yeah, which is a broader debate that we might come back to some other day. But I suppose Anne, that a point that's raised by all of this is that there's echoes to the debate around the patronage of primary schools, and often you hear demands from communities for you know that that there shouldn't be as much state or religious body control over the the primary schools or secondary schools that are in their catchment area that they'd like to to have a lot of them brought into the for uh, the, the patronage of of other bodies away from churches and yet it never really seems to happen and i wonder whether trying to enforce co-education on every school is something similar where you might think in principle yes everyone wants it and then when it actually translates into getting it done or actually getting parental approval that it doesn't always translate through well i think this is why you know that there's a proposal for a citizens assembly and education um, and the labor party look forward to that conversation i think it's due to start at the end of the year but i think we have to ask ourselves why we have four thousand schools in the country with the population the size of manchester we have a huge number of schools i don't understand why we feel well, we have a more geographically disparate population than manchester well, we do. Yeah, 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 no, except that except that but still we have this we, we have a huge number of schools we are uh, obsessed traditionally with separating children on the basis of religion on the basis of gender and on the basis of income and I don't really see how that is benefits children. We don't actually put children or young people at the heart of what the education conversation should but be. But it would still it be the same, up. though, wouldn't it? Because if you had a, a co-educational no. uh, boys' secondary school in one area and a co-educational girls' secondary school, almost de facto a sister school. And I remember it, I went to an all-boys uh, Catholic boarding school and there was an, a, a, a Loretto down the road which, which serves the girls. And they were basically companion schools. But if you were to make them both co-ed, you'd still have to keep both of them because there'd be so many pupils that one couldn't really incorporate the other. So you'd still end up having the same number of schools. They'd just all be co-ed. Well, no, not necessarily, and certainly not not, not at primary level. I mean, at primary level, we still have you know quite a number who are who are uh, now it's a minority, but quite a number which are single single ed, and you know often they can be you know they could easily accommodate each other in the one building, and that could be the case in, in the schools that the, the, that you reference. I'm not sure if it would or not, but I mean, in some depopulated areas or areas where the pop you know the area has gotten older, um, the same number of of young people. It, you know, isn't there anymore? You you could have an easy amalgamation into one build into one building, but these conversations don't take place. We 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 just sort of seem to carry on from from what we've uh, you know been passed down down to the generations, and I find that frustrating because I don't think we we I think everybody in Ireland assumes the Irish education system is grand, sure it doesn't really need to change, but for many people it actually does fail them, and for many people you know particularly in terms of the gender conversation which we started off here, <clears throat> a number of schools still have um you know. It leads to gender stereotypes. It's restricted, restricted sort of subject choice because what a boys' school traditionally has been promoting, what a girls' school has traditionally uh, been been promoting, mm. and it doesn't actually lead to a, a holistic education uh, when you still separate uh, genders on uh, on that basis. Well, and when it comes to fee-paying schools, um, look, I can I can understand the motivation of a parent who wants to get the best for their child, but we as a state and as 
you know, a republic, we should be looking at education as the great enabler of of every young person. Okay. And we still have a, a disproportionate number of young people in disadvantaged right. secondary schools yeah. who don't reach uh, uh, leaving cert yeah. uh, level. Only only eighty five percent do. You, you've already made the point that you, you wouldn't intend to be shutting down uh, fee paying schools. That you basically want to effectively sort of bring them into the, the national public realm, so that you're not closing them off, and that you, you've incorporated the other well, point no, that I was going to make. I mean, I, I think if you're going yeah. to be reasonable, look, we can easily make a ground standing uh, decision that we would draw the, the funding overnight. But yeah. That's not realistic. What we would like to do is to phase it out over a period of yeah, time. Yeah, but no, but, you, but the, the point I was going to make is that, you know, what, what happens if you close down a private school, where do the pupils go? But I think you've addressed it by saying that you want to bring it within mm. the national sort of realm. The only question then that, that's outstanding is, does money have to be the stick to do it? it? Like, if there is good egalitarian and good educational reasons for doing it, then why do you have to have money as the stick to beat people into the policy? If it's the right thing to do, why do you have to, to make money the driver of it? Well, it's what the state supports. It's what the state believes in. I mean, there's a number of things that the state doesn't do. If you go up the north, um, there's a number of things in the, nor- in the northern education system which are free. For example, school books, which I keep going on about, mm. which aren't which aren't available here. Um, so I think we have to sort of maybe recast our brains as to as to what the state should support, what the state should um, should encourage, uh, should promote, and should provide. Uh, and school books is a classic example. We in Ireland still think it's normal to have a fundraiser for a primary or secondary school. I Now in the post-COVID era, and I hope we are there, uh, TDs like myself are now getting sort of, you know, communications from local schools saying we're having our fundraiser. Please, uh, you know, make a contribution. I think in Ireland, we should really totally recast our brains as to how in, how, how crazy that it is that all of us are being asked to fundraise for our schools. So money is important. The state should provide these things. We shouldn't have voluntary contributions. We shouldn't have to pay for books. We shouldn't have financial conversations between parents and schools all the time. Because if you don't have the money, or if you're going through a phase in your life where, where money is difficult, you're less likely to engage in school life. So, but all these things that we are, you know, are, are taken as granted in Ireland, that's, that, you know, the schools are, that schools are, are separated on the basis of religion and gender, that free paying schools can get state support, that I'm going to be asked for money for books and a voluntary contribution uh, and, and be asked to go to a fundraiser. Okay. All these things need to be challenged and fundamentally challenged because I think an education system could look an awful lot differently. And if you look at Finland, 50 years ago, they had an education revolution. And as a result of which, they have the best, best literacy rates in the world. We don't. We have 17.9% of Irish adults are functionally illiterate. We have problems in Ireland, which we like to pretend that we're the land of saints, okay. and, saints and scholars. We could do an awful lot differently and an awful lot better. What we're trying to do in the Labour Party is to pick through some of these issues bit by bit. The fee-paying issue is one. The gender one is another. But certainly how this financial relationship between parents and schools has to be challenged and changed. And the state right. needs to be fronting up and providing an education okay. system, which we don't. Labour's education spokesperson Aon O'Reilly speaking to me before we came on air this morning about his party's new proposal to strip state funding from any school which does not agree to become co-educational within a certain number of years. On the record on News Talk, brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions. It all adds up to the new equation.